This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Greetings, everyone, and welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 53 of Real Blend, a podcast that has the same number of Best Director nominations as Bradley Cooper does. Aww. You guys know the drill by now. That's- Wow. <laughs> That's not nice, man. Wow. Well, if you had heard the first man one that I was going to make, <laughs> you'll be happier that I went after wow. Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper wait, quits wait, this wait. podcast. Can we hear the first man one just, just so we could uh, g- give us give us a second take of your opening? Greetings, everyone, and welcome to episode number 53 of Real Blend, a podcast that has the same number of Best Picture nominations as First Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, same, same gist. You, you have a lot of hate in your heart. I do. Yeah. <laughs> I do. Yeah. <laughs> but some will argue that that's what they love about this show. They love when Oof. we disagree on things. Wait till we get to Sam Jackson Blend. Oh, tease. That's a tease, folks. Later on in the show, we are playing the hashtag call that a tease. Sam Jackson Blend. And we've had some great recommendations from people. Listen, you guys know the drill by now. My name is Sean O'Connell. I'm the managing editor here at Cinema Blend. I am one of three illustrious hosts of the weekly Real Blend shenanigans. Joining me, as always, is the passionate president of the First Man fan club, Kevin McCarthy of yeah, Fox 5. I, I, I'm accepting. I'm accepting applications for that fan club, by the way, and uh, your name can't be Sean, and your last name can't be O'Connell, but if, uh, if you're other than that, you're, you're more than welcome to join me. We Kevin would like to use the airwaves of this podcast to let Damien Chazelle know that yes. the moon landing sequence is, is... He might be listening to this, Kevin, so tell him. Well, if you listen to our podcast, he stopped months ago. (laughs) (laughs) Well, First Man's a masterpiece. It deserved nominations. We'll get to that when we get to the discussion. But I just got home from work, and the first thing I did was I I took the 4K Blu-ray for First Man. My wife was awesome enough to order and get delivered today, which came out today. Um, And I wanted to know if it expanded to the full IMAX. So Chris Nolan, obviously, his Blu-rays are very well known. Interstellar, Dunkirk, and uh, Dark Knight for shifting uh, aspect ratios to show the IMAX footage he shot. So if anybody's wondering, anybody's into that techie stuff, uh, First Man does expand. Full-blown IMAX, no black bars, one four three aspect ratio. It's awesome. And yeah. it is, it's unbelievable to watch it go from Super 16 to IMAX 70mm film, and it just the jump up in quality. And I'll, I was re-watching the moon sequence just now. It's one of the most intimate, beautiful sequences I've ever seen in a film. And Justin Hurwitz's score, it's perfect. Hey, I'm on this podcast, the too. Well, I'm getting yeah, to you. Go. Don't worry about it. I'm getting to you. Kevin just said the word Dunkirk, and some people are going to think that the show's over. Right. <laughs> think this is the official the end. The podcast turned off, yeah. yeah. The man who has to endure the fact that Roma got 10 Oscar nominations yes. today. Jake Hamilton of Fox 32 in Chicago sits in the third chair. Hello, Jake. How are you? How are you, sir? Good to see you. <laughs> what what does well. it say that, like, Kevin gets home, and the first thing he does is pops in first man to watch the last 30 minutes, and I get home, and my first thing is... Guys, I'm going to sleep for 45 minutes before we start the podcast. I just, <laughs> oh, this is what, is this what I, happens? Is this, is this what 31 looks like? I just nap I, all the time? Everything hurts I, now? I planned on napping, but... I'm when, grumpy. When, when, 
When that Blu-ray was at the front door, I was like, there's no way I'm napping. I can't nap. It's, well, it, it's sitting in my house. And now we have to do Real Blend. So, listen, a ton of show to get to today, obviously. Uh, I love the fact that people were on the Real Blend Twitter feed this morning as soon as the nominations dropped. And they were saying, essentially, we need you guys to break down everything that happened. And I love that because we were already scheduled to do our podcast today. Good timing. Uh, we are going to run through all of the Oscar nominations. We're going to discuss things that made us really happy, things that made us upset, um, before we get to that, we have a couple of different staples of the show. And so we will begin with reviews. And we were lucky enough, I don't know if you guys even know this, but we received two new reviews this week. Um, yeah. And both of them are fantastic. Of course, every time we always say that if you leave us a review at the top of the show, we will read it. And the first one is by someone named... Yeah, all right, I'll try this one. It's Metajasar. Metajas... M-E-T-A-J-A-S-R. My mom ran that one by me. And and, and she was a little worried you might not be able to pronounce it. Right. So, um, but that that is right. She just texted me. She said Sean got that right. Oh, good. Okay. Well, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. subject My, of this is yeah. <laughs> movie theater days. And short and sweet, this podcast is perfect for my commute back and forth to work. The biggest issue is I wish you guys did more shows per week. It's great because it reminds me of the days when I worked in the movie theater and the way you guys debate reminds me of that time, especially standing in the back. Oh, Kevin, you're going to love this. Especially standing in the back and watching True True Romance every day that it was in theaters. Let's get this show to three shows per week. Oh, dear God. At the very end. (laughs) Anybody listening for the first time to explain the joke, the joke is that my mom writes all our reviews. Yes. Um, If you're just tuning in for the first time. If you're just tuning in at episode 53, we've got got a long list of stuff we got to fill you in on. I have to point out the fact that Kevin worked in movie theater. um, Yeah. And this true romance drop in this review means your mom's just tipping her hand to herself. Like, she's got to be a little bit less obvious about the fact yeah. that she's writing this. Well, well, she was here this weekend visiting and she wrote that review right in front of me and I was like, I was like, mom, it's a little too much. Let's but, um, see yeah, if so. the next see, review... I don't even know what's true anymore. Like, was she actually visiting? Like, I, I don't, I don't right. know where the joke stops and where the truth begins, okay. Kevin. Alright, let me break it down truthfully. My mom yeah. was visiting. She's yes. never listened to a second of my podcast, our podcast. Right. She did not write the review. Alright, well this <laughs> next one is from Baslol, B-A-S-L-O-L, and says, so much fun to listen to. All right, this is a long one. Gabe, am I reading this whole thing? Yes? No? Sure? Why not? Yes? Gabe Gabe shrugs, so I'll get through as much of this as I can. Gabe stopped caring a long time ago. Well, because a lot of this is like backpatting. I love the idea of reading the reviews, and I really love when people submit reviews. It's fantastic, but this is like a a novel. Um, All right. I've been listening to Real Blend for a while, and I'm really enjoying this podcast. It's a lot of fun. This Wait, hold on. Sidetrack. This terrified me. Some nice person on Twitter today said... Uh, I'm not a podcast person, but I've been enjoying interacting with you guys on social. I'm going to go back and listen to uh, all you guys, you, to, you, all your shows uh, as entertainment at work. And she's like, I'm starting at number one and I love it. So I was like, for fun, I was like, I don't know, I'm going to go back and listen to number one and listen to it. And it's, it's horrible. It's really uncomfortable because we were still very much in the like. And we didn't really do any kind of a show rundown. We kind of just started, oh, no. if I remember right, we just started talking. Yes. Well, a lot of the show is just us kind of talking, like turning on the microphones and seeing how it goes. But we were really feeling our way. So if you're if you are that person and you started at one, I apologize. And we get much better. We definitely hit our stride like around episode 27 or eight. So tough it out. You're almost there. You're almost there. Anyway, back to this one. 27 or 28 more hours and we really, really get good. 
That's like when someone tells me, like, when you start a TV show and they're like, you know, yeah. come episode uh, episode eight of season four, the show really starts getting good. It really kicks in. Uh, I've been listening to Real Blend for a while, and I'm really enjoying this podcast. It's a lot of fun to listen to the guys schmooze about the latest news in the industry, talk about upcoming and past awards, review my favorite movies, and those... I haven't seen and or liked and informed me about works I hadn't heard of. The vibe is fun, positive, and respectful, no matter their opinions of the people and works that they encounter or their disagreement with each other. In fact, they get along so well that their passionate arguments make me laugh the hardest. Passion is perhaps the reason this podcast is so great. The guys love what they do and have strong opinions about movies and other industry happenings. All their critique and praise of films and people is interesting and entertaining, and it's fascinating to hear about their experiences talking with the people on the creative side of the movies. I'm gonna I'm gonna cut it there because it gets into a whole lot of stuff after that, but I love that because if you heard us today, even just in the minutes leading up into the show, we were arguing about first man. But like doing it in a way is that, that why like my phone was blowing up during my nap. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> yes. my nap time, man. Yeah, we were arguing about first man. So that was that's from Basil, and then the whole review is up on iTunes. And so if people want to go and read it, it's fantastic. Oh, let me get to this. Uh, let's see. This okay. They also include some responses from social media. It's a great way to get a feel for different genres and filmmaking styles, and to hear about works. Uh, you may not have come across yet. Real Blend, folks, keep it up. I hope none of you quit first or last, but keep on going. And anyone else still reading down here, check out this pod for yourself. If you enjoy movies, who doesn't? Then you'll love Real Blend. I know I'm supposed to end with Dunkirk, but I don't know why, because I haven't watched that movie yet. <laughs> they say. That's so, awesome. Uh, you shouldn't well, end with Dunkirk for any reason. We don't even know why we end with Dunkirk. It's because it's thing. an amazing movie. Well, yeah. I mean, it's very I, I easy. Yes. Uh, by the way, Jake, where is your mask, my friend? I was like, oh, did you ever get the mask? Nothing came. Nothing came. Oh, I, okay, so, so quick, quick uh, uh, film. Um, I got my, my birthday was last Friday, and I got a couple of an amazing birthday presents from Kevin. Some of which I'll talk to you about, some of which I won't. <laughs> but the first one that I opened up was the, uh, first of all, it was a CD, which I haven't been given a CD in like 20 years, which is kind of cool. And I was like, oh, I wonder what it is. And I got excited and I opened it up and it was uh, Pitbull's Greatest Hits, <laughs> which was shocking for a couple of reasons. There one of was that Pitbull has enough songs <laughs> yeah. to justify a Greatest Hits album. And two is that I now possess it. It is now. It is now something that I own. When you um, iron it up, does sand fall out? <laughs> oh God! The third gift, which Jake didn't get, was an was a was a, was a pit bull mask that Shut I wanted. That, that, I, I'm not kidding you. It was like a, it was like a nice. Horrifying. Like realistic pit bull like <laughs> singer mask. Wait, did did you get this, Jake, or no? Oh, no, I got I got that. Ah. Oh. Oh. That's close enough. No, I'm bummed. It's equally Jake? horrifying. In case you can't tell, I'm holding up actually a fairly legit Michael Myers mask. Yes. Universal sent around Michael Myers mask to a lot of press people for uh, the release of Halloween on 4K. It's really unfortunate. Gabe, please take a picture of this. It's unfortunate <laughs> that we don't have the Facebook stream anymore. Gabe's going to take a picture of this and put it on the Real Blend podcast. He got it. Good. Very good. Um, all right. While Jake is uh, demasking, let's get into uh, talking points. And really, the only news we're going to get into before Kevin has something to say. Yes, Kevin. I want to give a shout out to Christopher McQuarrie for a second. Um, oh, sure. Uh, because he no, defend- you do not get to give him a shout out. <laughs> well, no. I love Mac- I actually love McQuarrie. Um, the, uh, one of my favorite directors of all time is Michael Bay. And Christopher McQuarrie defended Michael Bay yesterday on Twitter, and it made oh, me very did. happy. I saw that. I saw that. That was uh, cool. And, and I wanted to point this out because somebody uh, tweeted to Christopher McQuarrie saying Michael Bay is a 
S-word director, but his films appealed to 13-year-old boys. And then Macquarie responded with, go ahead and make just one like him. I dare you. Yeah. So, Was that unprovoked? Why did that guy take a shot at Bay um, for no reason? The- so I'm looking at, uh, 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 I guess the original tweet was deleted, but somebody was talking wow. about critics of Michael Bay, and then I think this person said that, and then he d- defended him. So good for you, Christopher McQuarrie, because Michael Bay is an amazing director. And also, so. McQuarrie understands more than anyone else, too, the sheer yeah. force it takes to mount a, a movie with that much action. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and practicality. You know, Bay uses a lot of CGI and special effects also, but, but anytime Bay can take the time to build a set and blow it up, he's going to do it. So, yeah, that's... That's I mean, cool. the Ryan Reynolds video is the best thing ever. When Re- Reynolds was like in Italy, and then that car blows up behind him, and he's like talking about Michael Bay, like being a great director for quiet moments in films and character development, and there's just <laughs> a giant explosion going off behind. I mean, the guy's he's amazing. He's made some bad movies, yes, but um, Bad Boys Two will always be one of the best action movies ever made. Let's get to an action movie that we hope lives up to the hype. Uh, the trailer for John Wick Three, uh, Parabellum, is that what it's called? Parabellum. Uh, arrived after we recorded our podcast last week. This is the culmination, I believe, of the John Wick trilogy. Uh, it has the star of Keanu Blend, which we played last week. Uh, and I know some people did actually pick John Wick also. Uh, what did you guys think of the trailer? Are you excited for where this this is going? Um, I know we were having a conversation about part two. Uh, in my opinion, two is not quite as good as one, but I'm excited to see where three goes. What do you guys think about the trailer? It was beautiful it was just a beautiful trailer i mean the shots were and this is such a cliche i use it a lot but that that idea that you could take any frame from that trailer and frame it and put it above like your your mantle uh just it just and 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 there's just such a style to it that i think uh is missing from a lot of action movies these days i'm i'm genuinely very very and everything about it there have been a couple of posters that have come out this point um i think i think kevin sent one of the posters to to the text group it's just everything. Oh, that uh, one of him standing with like a thousand people pointing yeah, guns and, at him. But, and if you notice it, the shadow of the thousand people makes out a three. No, really? does it really? Yeah, I didn't yeah. Go, that. go back and look at it, and the oh, shadow cool. of the shadow of the people makes the outline of a three. Oh, that's I didn't cool. Know that. Yeah. You know, the it's, only thing that concerns me is that how many great part threes do we have? Like, are there a lot that you can rattle off? No, you're right. Return of the um, King. Uh, Return um, of the King. Okay. Uh, uh, Toy Story I Three. Have to think about it. Yeah. Think see, I mean, here. there's not a ton, and so, but, and, and again, I don't really think that John Wick is one of those movies that was conceived to be a franchise. I think that it was so popular that they were like, oh, okay, I guess we can sort of explore this world. Yeah, but, but I mean, like, are you really worried about the story? I mean, honestly, <laughs> like, it's I just well, want to see Keanu kill people. Is, Okay, that okay. That's the divide on John Wick. Like by the middle of part two, I got bored of watching him head shoot people, uh, and, I and thought, I, I'd rather have more story. But this time he does it on a horse. That's, that's cool. True. That is very. By the cool. way, can we talk about the greatest shot in that trailer? When the dog is the dogs are helping them. Like oh, that yeah. was like the, that was so beautifully poetic. <laughs> I'm like, why did they even? Why did they do that in two? Like what a great what a great thing. Like to, you know, for people who haven't seen John Wick one, he, he he goes on a rampage because they kill his dog, which is you know the most incredible like way to connect to a character in the sense of not 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 that I'm advocating murder, but when you kill someone's dog, you understand why they're so upset. But Having the dogs fight with Halle Berry and him in the end of the trailer. I mean, Chad Stilhesky is like one of my one of the best directors working today, <clears throat> and know he knows. Oh, go ahead. I'm he, sorry. he knows action because he was. I, I don't know if he was. It was Chad. 
was Chad Keanu's double in Matrix, or was it David? I, I think, think it was Chad. Chad. So Chad was uh, Chad was Neo's double in in uh, in the Matrix. So it, it, he understands action and not doing too many cuts. Having Keanu do actual choreography, it looks wild, man. I'm I'm excited about it. Yeah, it does look wild. The, the trailer did what it should do, which is get me intrigued for the coming story. What is Parabellum? I have no idea. Uh, doesn't it mean uh, Beyond War? Bellum is Latin for war. I'm trying to think of trying to think, high school. Jake is dating, going back to his Latin class. Um, well, and I thought that the trailer had some line like in order to prepare for war. Or yeah, it's like uh, beyond war. It means like beyond war, after war, or something like that. Okay, so I mean, at the end of two, he's basically at odds with everybody, and uh, I guess we'll see where that goes. Um, that the one shot in that trailer that that kind of knocked me out for a loop is him in the desert. Like everything seems kind of. Oh my contained. god! I hope he runs into Aquaman. I that, do too. That's that the great? first thing I thought about. If they drop, <laughs> if the they drop Pitbull's Total yes! Toto's Africa in there, I'm going to scream. <laughs> like that's gonna because isn't that because in Aquaman they go up to the beach right and yes. then Pitbull's song plays unfortunately and then and then they're in, and then they, the desert scene is that later or is that then I don't no, remember it's then. that. It's okay, then. it's part of that. They're arriving at the Sahara Ugh. and Pitbull's song plays and then later Ugh. they're walking through. Well, then they get on the plane, and that's when they, yeah, they jump that out. Weird, the, the that strange shot, Lee Winnell um, cameo. Oh, is that who's plane. flying the plane? Is yeah. Lee yeah. Awesome. Lee, Lee Winnell's uh, his riding partner from Saw. I think, right. I think Lee, didn't Lee direct one of the Insidious movies, too? And he did Upgrade. Upgrade was awesome. He did Upgrade. Upgrade was the best Venom movie last year. I yes, saw people was. saying that. Yeah. It's yeah. very, very true. Yeah. Uh, this I week like in Venom. movies. So there are two movies opening in theaters this week. Um, one was not press screened uh, and the other was junketed. And I'll get to that. Serenity. Serenity not press screened with Anne Hathaway and Matthew McConaughey. None of us have seen it. So unfortunately, we cannot tell you whether you should see it or not. The Kid Who Would Be King, um, I can tell you, is a heck of a lot of fun. It's, a, it's more fun than I anticipated it to be. It's directed by Joe Cornish, who did Attack the Block uh, many, many years ago. A great, great... Um, UK neighborhood versus aliens <laughs> sci-fi comedy that actually introduced everybody to John Boyega before Boyega was in Star Wars, and um, he's returning. The John Joe Cornish is returning with the kid who would be king. It's a it's a contemporary uh, Knights of the Round Table story where a, a kid who he's not even really picked on or bullied at school. He's kind of he's one of he's an outcast at school, and he uh, finds the sword and the stone realizes that he is a descendant of King Arthur and is able to pull the sword from the stone uh, and then has to put together a new uh, Knights of the Round Table in order to to fight off an evil uh, played by Rebecca Ferguson from the Mission Impossible movies. And the hook is Patrick Stewart is playing a version of Merlin and it's it's just really fun. It moves great. Kevin, you'll be really impressed by the fact that it, it builds a ton of practical sets. Um, so there's like, you'll go into Morgana's lair, which is the villain's lair. And it's actual, it feels like actual places that you can go to, which lends a lot of credibility to it. The kids are really great. Um, and the kid, the main kid in it is Andy Serkis's son. And I think he's making his screen debut. He, so, was, in, he was in Mowgli, but I think he was, he played the... I think he played he played an animal in the film. So oh, I, don't, did he? I guess physically, I guess you could say it's a screen debut, yeah. So I would absolutely recommend everybody go see it. But then something really fun happened over the weekend. Fox did a junket for it, um, but they wanted journalists to bring their kids because they had a bunch of activities uh, that they were doing tied to <clears throat> tied to the movie. And they did it at a, a high school called Xavier High School, which is very funny because 
Patrick Stewart was there and we were interviewing him and every, everybody was like, who's going to be the first person to, to mention the fact that Charles Xavier is here in Xavier High School? Um, but it was really strange because while you were waiting to go into the room, and so I brought my 10-year-old, um, Brendan, and he asked questions during it. And everybody was incredibly nice during the interview. But while you were waiting to go in, Andy Circus was outside um, watching the monitors of how his kid was doing in the junket, like uh, just like a proud father. He was just being a proud dad. And when we came out of the room after Brendan had interviewed Patrick Stewart and other members of the cast, Andy Circus is standing there and he's like, ah, great job. That was great. You did really good. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. And That's it was crazy. Okay, well, was, were you, did you just go nuts? Oh, well, so that's the thing. Like, he, Andy Serkis says to Brendan, like, great job. You know, you did so good. Those are really good questions. And Brendan's like, thanks. I appreciate it. And, and then I was like, and Andy Serkis looks at me like, oh, isn't that so cool? And I was like, dude, I'm so proud. I said, I, I kind of get how you feel, you know, because you're watching your son do a press junket. And I was like, oh, but it's, it must be totally different because he's like the star of a major movie and you're Andy Serkis. And then later <laughs> I had to like go to Brendan and be like, Brent, I, I wish you were older because like, I was like, do you remember Snoke from the Star Wars movies? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, that's him. And Brendan's like, what are you talking about? Gollum, I don't, Gollum, understand. King Kong. I, well, I've not shown my son Lord of the Rings and won't um, because oh, why wow. would I do it's that? A, it's a um, brilliant trilogy. But Black but Panther. But there's oh, but, a chance and that I, your son actually has good taste. Yeah, why, are you try, why are you trying to turn your Maybe son into Maybe he skipped a generation the, or he got it from his mom. He <laughs> hasn't your, even seen Black Panther. Brendan hasn't wait, seen Black Panther. Have you shown yet. him Forrest Gump? No, God, no, no. Oh, I would wow. not show any this is, of this. This is bad parenting. Sure. Someone, needs, someone needs to call the authorities. What this 10-year-old would watch what? Forrest Gump? Why are you keeping it's him American from history. great cinema? I, we, we watch plenty of other entertaining things. Did you guys hear about uh, Andy enjoys. Serkis' favorite Nick Cage movie, by oh, the way? Jesus no, I haven't. Christ. What is it? Uh, oh, it's Mandy Circus. I, I read about that the other day in, uh, in Entertainment <laughs> Weekly. I was really excited about it. <laughs> so we ran through the list of Andy Serkis' credits, and it is kind of <laughs> mind-blowing, the number of things that he's been part of. and uh, But not a lot of things that a 10-year-old has seen. And if a 10-year-old has seen the movie, they're not. he's not Andy Serkis. He's, he's CGI man who's... Covered up in a, a million different things. So, so anyway, that was that was very. very That's cool. amazing, by the way. I, I could not imagine. Well, first of all, the idea of having your son do the interviews—that's got to be surreal, full circle, uh, which is awesome that you, he was able to have that opportunity. And then on top of that, to walk out and have Andy Circus sitting there. I mean, like Jake was saying in the text chain, I, w- I would have freaked out about that just personally. Shove my kid aside. I'm like, move aside. Yeah. <laughs> Jake said it, and it wasn't until he said it afterwards in the text chain that it really <clears throat> hit me. He said, one of the greatest actors living just complimented your son. And yeah. I was like, oh, God, you're right. Like, that's so true. It's kind of mind-blowing. So. The only thing you should have said in response is, let's, go, let's all go grab a Caesar salad for lunch. <laughs> This morning, the, in this, movies. This I'm morning, amazed the, uh, anyone listens to this freaking podcast. I swear to God. You, you, m- Jake, Jake, do you get it? Because he played Caesar in Planet of the Apes. In Planet of the and Apes. And Caesar, Caesar salad's a food item. Yeah. This morning, the uh, Oscars, <laughs> the Academy announced the nominations for the 91st uh, Academy Awards. Jake, Was that today? Uh, Gabe is putting in a link to all of them. I guess I should, pr- I should open it up. Uh, I'm going to just open the floor and say, because the, the discussion... I'll give everybody a little behind the scenes uh, of the text chain. The text chain went nuts this morning and um, with uh, with omissions, right? With with some of us really being upset with things that didn't make the cut. Um, oh, Kevin might have said, did you say this is the worst best picture field you've ever seen? Dude, you say that every year. 
I don't think I've ever said that before. I think these are every year. Besides a couple of highlights, like Black Panther getting nominated for the first superhero movie ever, I would argue that this was one of the worst years I've ever seen for Oscar nominations. Okay, so before before we get to negativity, before we get to snubs, I want us to talk about things that we like legitimate surprises, like like full on. Surprised? Were there any? Were there anything that stood out to you guys as, oh my God, I can't believe this happened? I, I want to start in the director category um, because the director of Cold War getting in, I, I don't, it's a beautiful film. Um, and I understand that people are singling out for the cinematography and everything, but no one, no one had him on the list of making the cut for best director. That, that stunned me. So what jumped out to you guys as- what? Big time shocks. I, I was genuinely excited for Yalitza and Marina from Roma. Okay. Um, I was just happy to see Yalitza get nominated. I didn't know for sure if it was going to happen. Very well deserved. I mean, like, that's the thing. Like, you know, I I was very disappointed in a lot of what happened today with the Academy Award nominations. So that leads me down a very negative path of thought process. And I was explaining this to my anchors in the air who, who were making fun of me for being upset about certain things like First Man and things like that. And they were, like, making fun of me, like, oh, Kevin, you know, whatever, like, you know, joking around, Kevin's sad, whatever. I said, okay, rewind back to Sunday when everyone on the planet was freaking out about that, that stupid call that happened in that football game. I'm not, I'm not a sports Dude, guy. That was not a stupid call, man. It changed the non-call. course of but, sports history. But I understand what no, you're no, saying. No, no, no. Yeah, I, say, I, no, I get what you're saying. No, 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 hold on. Let me rephrase. The call, yeah. I'm, I'm referring to the Rams Saints game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the call that was not made. Yeah. Yes. The, yeah. The pass interference call. Yes. Theoretically mm-hmm. leading the Saints to the Super Bowl and not the Rams. I'm, yes. I'm saying, I'm agreeing with you that it was dumb not to make the call. That's the sure. point I'm trying to make. Anyways, so when that happened. But this is your, this is your sports. Right. So yeah. I. That's th- fair. The, the Oscar nominations to me are the playoffs. So it's the it's the it's what it's the precursor to what happens in the Academy Awards. So I spend all three hundred. This is the days, NFC AFC game exactly of the Oscars, and I spend three hundred sixty five days a year. There you go, watching movies. And so when a, when an award nomination comes out like this for the biggest stage of the of the award shows, and things happen that I feel are wrong. Um, of course I'm going to get emotional. So I sure. say things like to you guys, like, I'm not going to watch the show. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to do this, you know, worst nominations ever. I'm not saying that there aren't highlights here. There's good things that happened. I mean, and we'll get to those. I'm very happy for Roma, very happy for Yalitza. But to answer your question in, in short, the Yalitza Marina nomination made me very happy. That Jake, was- you got one, one that really... Honestly, and this there weren't a lot of pleasant surprises. Like the 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 nominees that I I was pretty much happy about were kind of ones that I really like. Spider Verse was very happy about Spider Verse, but I kind of expected to. Honestly, probably the one that I went, oh, I wasn't expecting that. That makes me happy. Was Ready Player One getting visual effects? Yes, that that really made me happy, and I honestly didn't think it was going to. happen. Yeah, you both kind of thought that wouldn't happen, and I'm surprised. Those those visual like, effects I mean, are Ready fantastic. Ready Player One hasn't been a part of the conversation, it's, and and Black Panther. Visual effects have been a part of the conversation, and those visual effects suck. They it's suck. nothing. It's nothing to do with Ready Player One not being deserving. Ready Player yeah. One deserves to win that award, but sure. uh, because Ready Player One was not, in, like Jake just said, Ready Player One has not been in any conversations about anything Oscars. So right. I just figured that they were just going to forget about it, or they weren't even campaigning it. Um, and so that's why Black Panther, as Jake was saying, there was a there was an actual conversation that Black Panther might get nominated for visual effects. 
when the visual effects are probably the worst part of that movie, unfortunately. Uh, it's a great movie, but the waterfall sequence looks really bad. Like, Infinity War clearly has but much better special effects. But well, that and, being said, and that got a nomination. Yeah, that did. As did Solo. Yes. Solo feels like that kind of movie. Like, every year, like, a Transformers movie gets into that category, right? And everyone's well, like, oh, now a Transformers movie has an Oscar nomination. It is about every Star Wars movie that's ever existed has now been nominated for an Oscar. Okay. I would pay Including good Solo. money, good money to get in the hold of the, the, the producers of the Academy Awards and have them play the name scene <laughs> during that sequence. And then what they yeah. do is the reason why it's nominated for visual effects is because they take it out. Like they 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 literally change the mouth. It's no longer there. It'd be, the, it'd be like the greatest trick ever. That is what needs to happen at the Can't Oscars. Take this year. it back. So low is an Oscar nominee film. Can't so is Suicide Squad. So enjoy enjoy that combination. All right, here are the eight Best Picture nominees. Um, I think we kind of expected all of these. I and maybe I think it's I think it's fair to say we might have hoped for ten because two others. Are we ever been... going to get ten? Because it's a percentage, right? It's it, you have to you have to earn it's a weighted. certain percentage yeah. of votes. Fifty percent um, is it? Fifty percent? Are we ever going to get ten? <sighs> No, there are, no, probably not. But I feel there, like there should be ten every year. There ten. are so many things I'm ten. mad about. I, I, we, we. It's gonna right, take it's positive. Yeah, a lot, we're a lot staying to get positive through. first. Yeah. We're staying positive. Uh, the best picture nominee is Black Panther. Uh, all right, have, let's do this. Everyone that I that I name, you tell me whether you think it belongs there. Okay. okay. All right. Black Panther. Yes. Yes. Black Klansman. Yes. Yes. Bohemian Rhapsody. Yes. No. The favorite. Yes. yes. Green Book. No. Yeah. I'd say no. I would say no. It, it deserves to be there. I think it deserves does to be there. Does it? I think, I think a lot of people like it a lot. Yes. It's okay, good. so it doesn't, that doesn't matter. Uh, there are worse movies. A lot of people w- like Transformers movies. Doesn't mean that they deserve to be movies, there. No, there are worse movies that have won Best Picture over the past couple of years. I like Green Book. It's not a it's Best not, Picture. It's not either. a bad it's, movie. It's getting crapped on a lot now because it's it winning is, a couple of but things. But it's like, but it's not that particularly well made. No one walked out of that movie and went. There's a, I mean, at aside least from I the didn't. Perso- aside from the performances, which were nominated, right? Amazing. So. There's Wait nothing a second. about Bohemian that movie Rhapsody. None of the three of us watched Bohemian Rhapsody together, and when yeah. that ended, love none it. of us thought it was a Best Picture nomination. I love Bohemian Rhapsody, but I don't care. Did you think it was a Best Picture nomination? No, I did not. No, right? So it's, the race changes things. Okay, uh, Roma. Yes. Sure. Yes. Oh no, no 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 no! I want a definitive Jake. yes or no from Jake on this one. It's very Jake. well made. I could say yeah. I could say yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Jake. Okay. I'm stunned it leads. <laughs> I'm stunned it leads the nominations with Makes, ten. Yeah, with I ten. thought uh, *Stars Born* was going to lead nominations today. And it's a it's a black and white foreign language film with no stars. Do you realize that made by a streaming giant on Oscar night, Alfonso could walk out with five Oscars, in his, his arms, because he could get because yeah. he would he would win it for picture, he would yeah. win it for foreign film, he would win it for cinematography, he would director. win it for screenplay, and he would win it for director. He could oh, wait, very yeah. well win all five. Some he might argue he's a talented play, filmmaker. <laughs> so, so yeah. worst case scenario is he wins four. He wins like four. a bad night is he wins four Oscars. But Jake, what you're and he was on our podcast. What you're forgetting is that yeah, he's going to walk out with a uh, certificate saying thank you for being on Real Blend uh, next to his Academy Award. <laughs> so you're, like, they're, they're going to hand it no, to him. It's gonna, the yeah. Oscars will be next to his certificate. <laughs> so you're saying he could go Homa with four Oscars. <laughs> oh, <laughs> All right. After, Thank you for playing along, Sean. You're Thank welcome. You. Every, every week. Thank All right. You. After Roma, A Star is Born. Yes. Yes. And yes. Vice. Vice. No. Yeah, no. I like, I no. Like Vice. No. I like Vice. In fact, I love Vice. 
No. All right. As did the Academy. Before we turn it over to things that made us really angry, um, I want to celebrate the best songs for this reason. Um, the nominations for best original song have me really excited for what might happen at the ceremony. Um, and then I was reminded that the Academy doesn't let people do this. Like, I think where the lost things go from Mary Poppins, I know you guys don't like the movie. But that song is beautiful. And if Emily Blunt gets up to sing it, that could be a fantastic moment. Obviously, Shallow is nominated. And if Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga perform it, I think that could be a tremendous Huge. moment Huge. at the Oscars. Um, they should the start point the where, Oscars with that. Right, exactly. Yeah, I, I argue that you. if you're not going to have a host and you uh, won't have a monologue, then why don't you open it uh, with that? Um, there's another song, too. Kendrick Lamar, All the Stars. Black All the Panther. Stars from That's Black Panther, right? Oh, oh, um, Tim Blake Nelson singing from the yes, Battle of Buster Scruggs. Yes, I love that song. If he comes out to sing it. But but then somebody reminded me today that they don't often let the actors sing the songs. They get they someone did else. For, they did for Les Mis. They did, but Emma Stone didn't sing Audition. And there was another version of someone who got nominated but recently. But do they, who, is it because they don't allow it? Or, I mean, I could see Emma Stone straight up just not wanting to do it. I mean, especially for Emma Stone for Audition, I mean... She was probably gearing up to win the Oscar, and if you're right. if you're if you're legitimately thinking you have a shot at winning, you don't have to. You don't want to worry about doing all of that. I agree with that. And if it's the actors saying they don't want to do it, then I totally understand. But if it's Gaga and Bradley Cooper, don't you assume they're going to do it? I think so. Yeah, I think, I think they're going to. And Ken, I, I mean, didn't Kendrick, didn't he say? Didn't didn't someone ask him about performing at the Oscars, and he said they so. would? Yeah, Ken, I think Kendrick. So. I think Kendrick will perform, which would be awesome. Oh, uh, that would be great, wouldn't it? I, yeah, yeah, that'd be really I, cool. I mean, that'd be amazing. I mean, Kendrick is one of the greatest performers working today. So, I, I mean, if I'm the Academy Awards, you have Kendrick perform, and you have Gaga yeah. perform, and you have Bradley Cooper perform, and you have. So I don't. I, I can't see Emily Blunt doing it though. I guess not. Yeah, I'd be of that group. I'd, I'd be most leery of her agreeing to get up and sing. Plus, her song. what else was she nom- that was she nominated for? Was she nominated at all? No, and that's so that to me was the biggest surprise. Is that and there no was a time. Place. There was a time during this conversation when we thought Emily Blunt had a chance to contend for, for Quiet Place and yeah. Mary Poppins. But the movie, but I mean, but did, did we well, really? Th- I mean, like, I think we talked about a Quiet Place being a contender because it was well received by critics. It was well received by fans. It did well at the box office. But I didn't wake up this morning thinking this is this is the morning a Quiet Place takes over. I mean, I'm I'm yeah. not super surprised that sure it only got one nomination. Ironically, it only got a sound nomination, which sound. I think is kind of funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's funny, but uh, but no. But Paramount I, I, thought I so because Paramount pushed the two of them out often to host yeah. these award screening. You know, where show the movie and then the cast gets up. And yeah, but I mean, what it. else did they have though? I mean, like I think I feel like that's just Paramount saying that's really all they got. Sherlock Gnomes. I don't know. Is that even this year? I don't remember. I don't remember. Bumblebee. Paramount doesn't have a whole <laughs> I wish you guys saw Kevin's face. Oh, All right, let's turn it over to snubs. Uh, movies that we thought were going to get in and didn't, or nominations that did happen and you guys have no clue why. Um, I, I, we have to start with Kevin. He's so fired up. Kevin, w- Kevin, which one made you the angriest? Adam McKay directed nomination over Bradley Cooper. Okay, yeah. I and mean, the but lack of Bradley Cooper is... You can't say who got it over him. Okay. Because well, he's let, been in the conversation for a while. All right, then let's separate McKay. It's not a. It, it is a badly directed film. It's not. It's it's not a good. Di- it, it is performance amazing, but that film's direction no. is That's, so it's entirely his vision. That is entirely his vision. That is his can, film. That is an Adam it, McKay film. I think the direction 
in Vice ruins the film. I like Vice. I actually gave Vice a good review. I would argue the Academy disagrees with you. Well, that's fine. But but when do you when do you take stock in the Academy being right or wrong? No, but like it's clear. Like so it, okay, but that's clearly like he intended it to be like that. That is his. That is his movie. Whether you like that style or not is what is one thing in and of in and of itself. Okay, but but wait. Okay, but by that argument, A Star Is Born is Bradley Cooper's vision, and that thing got picture. Two, three yeah. acting nominations, a screenplay, cinematography. Again, it, it it's it's nominated in all those categories, but they don't recognize Bradley. I don't. That, I don't can't understand that. Why it makes no sense. If your film is nominated for best a picture, it should also go come along with the best director nomination. That should be an automatic thing. There are also, a couple of there are a couple of director nominations. I mean, no, what Cold War didn't get nominated. Right, the other four did. Yeah. yeah okay. Right. So there's eight pictures and so five the director slots. That that's the spot that took yeah. Cooper. Theoretically. Okay. Well, whatever spot took it, Adam McKay is not a best director worthy for Vice, in my personal opinion. I think that that film was sloppy. It was messy. It 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 was completely jarring. It was edited poorly. Um, but on top of that, the performances are incredible, and some of the writing is great. I, I actually liked Vice, but. It is not a well-directed movie. Well, and my, but my we're, argument we're, with Vice too. There's Damien Chazelle. That we're talking about two filmmakers who made two of the best films of the year: First Man and and Star Is Born. We're talking, and, and I could walk. And I'm not going to, but I can walk through each film and tell you why they deserve a nomination. Not just because the movie was great, but what they did as directors, what, what performances they got out of their actors. No green screen for First Man. Production, I mean, everything about that movie is unbelievably well-directed. But, Kevin, but I would argue you know more about this stuff than the Academy members do. Well, that's a problem. That, that, that is a big problem if I'm but, sitting but here that's telling true, you. That's like, like, you issue. say all of this stuff like it's the first time. Like, it's we do this every year. I know. This. Like, it's that's, every year we do this, and you act like it's the first time that this is. But Jake, happened. as But, Jake, as someone who, who did like Vice, and, and I like Vice, too, but, and you, but I think you like it more than the, than all three of us, you know. Yeah. Of the, of the three of us, you're a bigger fan of it. Yeah. Was direction really something that stood out to you? No, because I felt like he was executing the vision of his screenplay. I feel like if you're going to give yeah. him something, you give him yeah. the screenplay nomination. But okay did it, it, got, it got editing, right? It did, yes. The editing and is horrible make, in that to movie. To make like a little bit of a lateral move. Well, you know, hold on. The, the, I'm going to look the, while you're talking. But the, I think three, well, the movies that are considered to be the three frontrunners, Roma, A Star is Born, and Green Book, none of those three got what are considered to be all of the nominations you need in right. order to win Best Picture, because Roma didn't get editing, which yeah, is a that's big huge. one not to get. In fact, the only, I think the three movies that got acting, screenplay, direction, picture, and editing, I don't know if I already said editing, were Vice, The Favorite, and Black Klansman. Correct. So Correct. Does, does that mean that we're, we're sleeping on those three movies? Theoretically, yes. Because editing is usually a pretty good pointer. I, feel, I just feel like everything that we normally use to figure out the equation is off this year. Everything is off. Well, Roma's but the win. only thing is those three movies, which you just mentioned, but yes. you're right, they all they ticked all those boxes. None of them yet have won any of the bigger precursors. That's fair. Um, but the precursors have been spread out all over the place. Yep. We did, uh, Critics' Choice did Roma, PGA did Green Book, uh, Golden Globe so far have gone with uh, Green Book and Bohemian Rhapsody because of their split categories. We still have SAG. That'll be a big one. Uh, a SAG could go to a, if a SAG goes to a Star Is Born, is a Star Is yeah. Born back in it, or is that a last no, gasping? I, I don't think it's out of go. it. I don't what? think. Well, I don't think has, okay, Star is well, Born is well, out. I, I was going to bring this up, and 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 
I, I was thinking about this uh, a, a couple of weeks ago, and then I saw someone else brought it up on Twitter, and I can't remember who it was, and it really sort of solidified the sneaking suspicion. When was a Stars Born ever truly the front runner? It didn't yeah. win Toronto, right? It, Green it, Book I did. Mean, it, Green Book did. It hasn't really won anything major as we're going through the award season, right? Were we saying it was the front runner without it ever actually being? Yeah, was that just uh, in that, our that's minds? Very, because because that's it, a great, it never, great point. I don't think it ever actually was, and we're all just sort of real stopping and going. Wait, it didn't ever actually win anything. And I don't think anyone's realizing that harder right now than Bradley Cooper. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Well, 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 ahead, well and, and to answer your question again, because uh, you asked me what, what, what the most upset I am about, the, the, the biggest shock I had today was Justin Hurwitz. Um, and that made no sense considering he won that was, the That gl- was more shocking to you than Bradley Cooper not getting director? Both of those were unequal playing fields. Here's why. Hurwitz, I... Uh, Hurwitz... And Cooper, I thought, were 100% locks. I would have bet money on those. Here's why. Cooper, I mean, the idea of Stars Born, best picture, it's, it seemed like it made sense. Hurwitz won the Golden Globe and the Critics' Choice for best score. And he wasn't even nominated today. Think about that for a second. That's huge. That, that is like, what the And then no first band best picture nomination. No Damien Giselle director, no Claire Foy, no Ryan Gosling. I mean, that movie uh, and Jay I mean, Benet- we were all texting this morning, I mean, and, and we were all fairly confident that First Man would get a Best Picture nomination. Yeah. I would have put, not a lot of money, but I would have put some money so in it. So early on, they, t- they announced a bunch of categories, then they took a break, and then they came back. And the early ones, First Man picked up visual effects, sound mixing, sound editing, um, and once it started picking up a, f- uh, a few of those, I was thinking, oh, OK, wait a second. Maybe the Academy really did react well to First Man. Um, and it feels and it, even though I'm the one who didn't like it as much as the other guys did, it feels like an Academy pick- movie. It feels like something that the, that as long as enough people got out to see it, that they would throw their support behind it. Jake, I disagree with me, but I'm still I to this day, I still think that movie was ruined by the politics. I, th- I think that that Vice film- got eight nominations. No, 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 no. Vice, first of all, Vice was not ever, uh, 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 what's it called? A uh, band. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, what were people doing with First Man? They protesting? were protesting. Like protesting. Whatever. whatever the word I'm looking for is. No, but Kevin, um, liberal First Hollywood Man in the Academy it. would almost over nominate First yeah. Man to make up for that. As, as a that middle movie, that movie lost all traction the minute that story hit. It was, and Jake will disagree with me, but to this day, it's I will sit here and tell you. the fact that it made $8 and it came out the weekend after A Star is Born and no one was talking about it. I, I just disagree. That, I that, think that, that movie, movie was died the weekend that. it came out, dude. Uh, and I'm, my take is just that it's not as good as you both You're you guys not think as it good. Is. It's not that good. It really isn't good. I gave it a multiple tries and it's just not. It's not that good. It's lifeless. If by not good you mean an absolute masterpiece, then yeah, you're. Oh, that you're, is. You're, yes, you're right. Yeah, exactly what I meant by that. Because I mean, I like like a bunch of boys. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I, the, I will say that Claire Foy not getting a nomination stunned me because she seemed to be the one who was the face of this movie, which is odd because it's Damien's film and Ryan Gosling is the. The, the lead character, but sometimes a supporting uh, performance stands out a little bit more, and she gets into a category because the there's room in the category. Uh, actors seem to be a little stacked this year. Uh, supporting actors seemed a little bit more open. Let me see who might have gotten her. Oh, Marina. Marina probably got the, the one that might have gone to 
Claire Foy, and I'm fine with that. That's fantastic. Um, All right, you Jake, guys go. What were you guys? Yeah, Jake. About? What what annoyed you? Is there anything that really stood out as like why is this here? I mean, or? it's look. I, you know, say, say what you want to about Bradley Cooper as a you know, star is born, obviously, because I'm a big fan of it. But you, you nominate three performances. You nominate it for best picture. Right. You nominate it for screenplay. Exactly. Like at what the only thing I can think of, and this is sometimes what I wonder. I, I call this the 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 sort of the Tom Hanks effect because I think it's. I do think this is what happened to Tom Hanks a couple of times, it, which is Academy members go, "Well, Bradley Cooper is going to get nominated, so let me put this other person that I really like a little further up, maybe to help that person out." And then enough people do that. I don't think people were actively. I don't think people actively thought that Bradley Cooper didn't do a good job as a director. I think too many people thought he was a sure thing and didn't write his name down. Okay. But, I mean, because you can't give him all of that stuff and then go, but you're a bad director. But what you just said is why is what's wrong with the Academy. Oh, I agree and, with you. And, and, and the Academy and the awards and the reason why I was so upset today and it legitimately, I was just watching the ending of First Man and I was... I had tears in my eyes because it's such a beautiful film, and like, like, and I'm sitting there thinking, why am I getting so fired up about this? And, and and we all do this for a living because we love what we do, but we are living in a world where the Oscars are completely run by campaigns and politics, and it's not to, anything to do with what really is the best. And what Jake just said probably happened. Like, it literally was probably a, yeah, he may he deserves a nomination, but you know what? He already has this, so let's just. Let's just drop them down a little bit. Well, I mean, but is that any different than saying, well, I'm going to vote for Glenn Close because she's been nominated at this point now seven times? And to me, it's, it's no different. That's the exact uh, situation, which is what's what's wrong. And I, I, and I feel like this. Listen, we all get fired up. This is what we do for a living. At the end of the day, the Oscars don't ever speak to me as a movie fan, ever. Really, in reality, they really don't. I mean, uh, I, there's a few that... That that uh, that uh, you know come out every once in a while. We, you know, with an Alfonso winning for Gravity, I think he won director for that. Um, mm-hmm. Things like that. There are things that do make sense, but for the most part, like, I, I could. I'm so happy for Roma, but I cannot believe what happened today, especially with First Man. And I, I, I just don't understand how that type of movie got. I mean, I don't know if you guys saw the First Man Twitter account. They tweeted out what they got nominated for. It made me so depressed. Like, it was like these four. The important nominations, but like, man. Oh, but, no, I, mean, I had a similar, I had a similar thing with the event. So, like, my takeaway from this is that I don't have a passionate uh, defense or, um, you know, revulsion to any of the crop this year. This year's crop to me, like my two, my top two movies of the year were Infinity War and Spider Man to the Spider Verse. So they were never going to be Oscar contenders in the first place. And I saw Marvel Studios put up a graphic and it was like, congratulations to Avengers Infinity War on your Oscar nomination for visual effects. And your was, one your single one, right. nomination. So, and, and hey, great, right? Great. That's fantastic. But we've said before, if I were to swap out which one should be in the best picture conversation to me, I'd put Infinity War ahead of Black Panther. But I understand a lot of the reasons why Black Panther is in there. And Black Panther was number 10 on my list. So, so I'm, not, you, I'm not mad, you know. To what like, you just said, Sean. Right, yeah. Go ahead, Jake. Sorry. sorry. So I was just going to say, like, here's, here's what sort of helps me sleep at night about the Oscars. Because I accepted a long time ago that, that my particular opinions about movies are probably not going to line up, case in point, you know, with, with the Academy Awards. But if the Academy Awards make the average moviegoer 
someone at home look at Roma on Netflix and go, you know sure. what? Okay, I'm going to give it a shot. Or yeah. an average moviegoer is at home, at, you know, or, or at a movie theater, and and Aquaman sold out. And but they go, oh, but you know what? You know, the favorite got ten nominations. So let me let me let me try this movie out. If it points the average moviegoer in the direction of uh, that they never would have gone and down a path that they never would have walked, I consider that to, to to be a victory for the Oscars. Not not to justify my taste, but to tell the average moviegoer out there, hey. There are things other than cars that transform into robots. There are other things other than superheroes. There are things that could blow your mind if you just really just sit down for two hours and, and open up your mind to these things. And I think that is what helps me sleep at night because I go, okay, you know what? Like, you know, people will find First Man. First Man will be fine. You know, like, it, it, and it sucks that it's not getting the, the credit it deserves. But I think First Man will be one of those movies that in 20 years we look back on and go, yeah, the Academy missed that. But then again, Godfather Part 3 got nominated for Best Picture when there were only five nominees. Right. So it, it very rarely is a, is a true snapshot of, of cinematic greatness. But playing, to Jake's point, which is a great point, and playing the Oscars game, um, spinning it. In a, and because that's in a exactly way. what it is. You're, you're absolutely right. It, yeah. is, it, is like, it, is, it is like running for president. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. So... And we get emotional because we care about these movies. You know, if if First Man won Best Picture, I, I would be over the moon, no pun intended. I did not mean to make that joke, actually. Nah, um, that was actually good. Uh, but, uh, but that Your was actually... Your best pun of the show wasn't accidental. The <laughs> that, was, that was not I on purpose. I actually respect that one. Wait, what number was First Man in your top ten? It was uh, three. three for me. Three? Okay. Well, I, and actually, upon rewatching, I probably would have swapped it with Star is Born to two. Um, but, uh, you know, to, to Jake's point, I'll play the game for a second here. Um, star, uh, Black Panther nomination. Uh, I, it's not the best movie of the year. It's also not the best superhero movie of the year. Um, but it's not even the best Marvel movie of the year. Agreed. So my opinion on the Black Panther thing is I love that that got nominated because my hope is that we get exactly what Jake just said. We need to get out of the mindset of what an Oscar movie is and find that different genres, horror, comedy, can all be appreciated in an Oscar state of mind. If Panther opens that door, allows different genres to then be accepted into what a best picture is. Now, the question here is, is Black Panther nominated because it's they think it's one of the best movies of the year? Or is it nominated because of what it did culturally and how many people saw it and just what it did for the world? Now, that what is a best picture? I mean, that, that's a question that I don't know if any of us can answer. Is a best picture a movie that is the best movie made? And if so, what are the qualities that go into that? Or is it a film that shifted culture and changed the way we thought and created conversation? But you so, never know. It's, and, all, it's all subjective. And it's, it's like the problem. I mean, I mean, you, you could talk to, you know, a hundred different people in the academy, a thousand different people, and you might get a thousand different answers. Listen, going right back to the sports analogy that we used earlier, what is pass interference? Clearly, everybody that has a different... That was pass interference! Yeah, that's not even a question. But it was it, 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 it was it pass was. interference. They, what are you talking about? They back and said they were wrong. Okay. Yeah, they actually well. did say that. Yeah, I mean, and, and I'm not a sports guy, and I watched that clip and said, how is there no flag on that play? Mm. That doesn't make but any see, sense. I, I hate the Saints so much that it was just it was I know so delightful you do, to me. But there's your bias. Delightful. You're like, oh, I'm glad that there's yeah. no pass interference. Why do you make, right, we'll we're not going to make our yeah. we're not going to make our predictions yet. We'll make predictions much closer to the actual Wait, show. But I just want to can I what make one? Okay, Kevin. Go yeah, ahead. no, no, Jake, Jake, go. 
we're also Kevin nice said today. something in the text thread today that yeah. I truly do not believe is going to happen. He said <laughs> that he's not going to watch the Oscars. And Kevin, I gotta call BS, man. I do not believe on February 24th you're not gonna watch the Oscars. I do not. He actually said, come over. He's like, come yeah. over, you'll see. It's not I do on. not believe it. I don't. Because first of all, Lauren's gonna watch the Oscars. Yes. So it'll be on. So it'll be the, on in, in the, the McCarthy household. Yeah. J- Jake, you're right. I'm going to watch him. Huzzah! But, but <laughs> I will say this. When I said it today on the, on the text, I meant it. That, that, that is literally how I felt at the moment. I was so angry about okay, so First you, Man. Dude, you caved in like eight hours, well, man. Not that I, it's not that I caved. I, when you, we all make decisions when we're emotional that aren't yes. realistic. To do this podcast. Um, and, and like, yeah, but literally exactly what you guys said today. It's like, you know, I was very upset. I could not believe you were tech today, dude. I was, dude, I don't, I just wish, I wish we had more time to quote uh, Denzel from I Man on Fire. We, we had, had more, more time. time. I've, I'll never forget like, that. If they were to make a movie about this this particular episode of the podcast, I picture yeah. like a pan across to like me in bed at night sleeping soundly, and then it fades to Sean in bed at night sleeping soundly, and then it fades to Kevin lying in bed staring intently at his ceiling, and then it fades up to his ceiling, and there's just a giant first man poster, and a single tear rolls down his cheek. No, I've, I've, I've cut a hole in my roof, and I have the moon coming down into my room. <laughs> it's like it's just the moon right there, like staring at it. And then I heard what's his score playing in the red back. blood moon the past few days was just one last marketing ditch for the for, for the first man Blu-ray. Um, um, I legit have to ask though, because you were reacting to the nominations live on your show on Fox. Yeah. Five. Can, oh, yeah. Can, can people go watch? I want to watch them. I have not seen it. Can people watch it on their uh, YouTube channel or something? It was it was it was weird because not to get too inside baseball, but I don't know how Jake felt about this. I thought the nominations were coming out at eight forty. So we went live at 8.30, and they were still doing, like, costume design. Yeah. and all. So, like, we're yeah, still I was wondering how you were doing that. I was like, oh, it was, I was like strategically, it was from an on-air perspective, how do you yeah. do that? We had to, like, cut out, go back to weather, traffic, come back to me. But, like, uh, I was already so upset about Justin Hurwitz not being nominated that I just went up to the studio depressed anyways. Um, but I, I just, it's amazing to me what happened today. And, and, and on, on the flip side, I'm so excited for Roma. I cannot, and to Jake's point, I literally had that exact thought today. I was sitting at my desk, and I was looking at the trending on Twitter, and I saw Roma trending. I'm like, how many people tonight are going to go to Netflix and watch that? Yeah. That's cool. Like, okay, uh, Grinch, I was not a massive Roma fan. Not a, you know, not a massive Roma fan. Um, Have sort of been turned into this villain that just hates Roma now. But, uh, (laughs) But I love this idea that the average moviegoer will now see it on their Netflix queue and go, well, now I gotta give it a shot because it's got 10 nominations. I think that's fantastic. And if they get 20 minutes into it and decide they don't like it, that's awesome. That's 20 minutes more than they probably ever would have watched otherwise. Yep. Sean, uh, uh, where overall, uh, 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 let me ask you guys this. As, and we do this every week, and I'm sure it'll change again next week. As we sit here right now, I think Roma wins best picture. I, th- I, I don't see how it doesn't. I mean, even though it didn't get the, I mean... It wouldn't be the first movie to ever win and not have an editing nomination. That's that. That was the glowing omission to me. Was well, that editing is usually pretty important. If I had to, if I had to, 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 to you know, put push all my chips in one corner, I, I got to give it to Roma. Sean, yeah, I'm going to also. Um, for this reason, it it does feel like this academy is changing through the moves that they've made in their membership and between Moonlight and Shape of Water, they're going with more. 
um, non-academy, what we consider academy movies, um, that now I do kind of believe that the black and white foreign language film with no stars from a streaming giant has the best shot right now uh, to win Best Picture. But I I will say that the second leg of the campaign starts right now. Yeah. Like nobody it's knew a whole what the, different game now. Hun, yes. A hundred percent. And so, you know, everybody's going to change how they campaign and everybody's going to change what, and, and Kevin, you say it all the time. Jake says it, it, it's a campaign. <laughs> it really doesn't have to do with quality. Quality gets you in the race, but then the race shifts and it's how many people can you convince <laughs> that you belong uh, at the top of the heap? And so does is Netflix going to go all in? Jake is, uh, if, you, if anyone had a chance to see him, he is currently pulling out every piece of marketing that we received from Netflix for Roma. I, I, so I have to believe that they've given everything in their arsenal. Yeah. How much more stuff for the second leg of this tour? We're all going to Mexico City. I think we're literally going to get plane tickets to Mexico City. My doorbell is going to ring and Alfonso is at the door. Hey, can I, can I, can I shoot, uh, can I film in your house? I want to do like a short film. Of <laughs> no, but I, I, I believe. I, I got to say one thing about the, uh, about Roma. I, 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 I actually would have no problem with that movie winning. I would be no, very happy yeah, about it. Of course, it. it's brilliant. Yeah, it's but, brilliant. I, but what about that? I saw a tweet, and I don't know who to give credit to for this, so whoever tweeted this, I'm giving you, I guess, some type it of was credit. Me. It um, was me. But someone said something interesting about the comparing Star is Born, no director nomination, to what happened to Ben Affleck for Argo, mm. and whether or not that no directing nomination will create sympathy votes to give it best picture. I, to this day, and I can't prove this, Argo, in my opinion, only won because because it did not get a Best Director nomination and people rallied behind it because Ben Affleck was snubbed. Could that happen to A Star is Born? I don't feel like, Maybe. one, I I still, if I remember right, I'm trying to, it was, you know, obviously it's been a few years. And actually, Tony Mendez just died. I don't know if you guys knew that, the guy that he yeah, played. Yeah, 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 I saw that. Um, I felt like there was a little bit more goodwill toward Affleck during that Oscar season than there was... Um, than there is currently for Bradley Cooper. I actually remember the Critics' Choice uh, Awards that year that Argo came out happened the morning that Oscar nomination. Um, Oscar yes. nomination. So he was with us the the yeah. night that he didn't get an Oscar nom. And there was just this like everyone was just kind of going up to him, kind of patting him on the back. And I don't feel like people feel that way about Bradley Cooper. Remember what he said when he got on stage? Yeah, didn't he say like thank the Academy? Yeah, that was amazing. I just don't. I don't feel like it's having that same ripple effect like it did with Argo. All right, I, let me. I just want to make sure that he's not sadly Cooper. I just feel so bad about the director <laughs> nomination. It makes me. It makes me upset. I actually feel bad about it because it's a great. I, oh, film. he got three Oscar nominations. His movie made four hundred million dollars worldwide. He's married to a supermodel. Has a beautiful child. Like the only him. one he cares about is director. Well, I think you know that's what? the only one I'm he sure cared about. Score says he cared about director for a portion of his life, but he had to wait for a hot second. Bradley Cooper can pump his brakes. I just hope he doesn't switch switch over to a star as porn. Because that would be be a step back in his career. Uh, I want to give the best picture Game, nominees. Do something for God's sake, man! <laughs> this I is want you job. to tell me. This is great. Thank okay. you, John. Thank you, Sean. Of the best picture nominees, uh, this is all I'm going to say, and then we'll make our picks later. Which which win would make you happiest, and which one, if it won, would make you the most angry? Actually, Sean, did, have you heard about Bradley Cooper's favorite horror movie of all time? No. What is it? A, a star is Children of the Corn. I'll go first. <laughs> they're, they're getting um, To me, if uh, A Star is Born won, 
No, I'm sorry. I changed it. If Black Panther won, I would be the happiest. Uh, I would love to see Marvel Studios have an actual Best Picture winner. And I agree with everything Kevin says. If we had a winner like Black Panther, it would change the conversation of what is actually a Best Picture nominated or worthy film. To me, I would be most disappointed of this entire crop if our winner at the end of the night was Bohemian Rhapsody, because I don't think it belongs there. I think the one I'd be most disappointed by would be Green Book winning Mm. Best Picture. Now, that won the PGA, which is a... I read a stat, which we didn't discuss yet. I think 29 years, 20 of the films that won PGA went on to win Best Picture. Now, there's no Best Director nomination for Peter Fairley, but that didn't stop Argo from winning without a Director nomination either. But What um, what would make you happiest? Happiest out of that crop would be Star is Born. But Roma, very... Right there. I think equally happy. Uh, Black Panther... I don't think it deserves Best Picture, but to the point I made and what you just made, I would be happy for what it would do for other genres. Now, here's the thing. That's that's kind of me playing in the Oscars game, right? Like, like it, it, it's not really what deserves it, but right. it's kind of like, you know, whatever game is being played here. So if I'm going to step to their level and kind of play their game, uh, if that movie is able to enable an opening for other genres later on... I'm cool with that. It needs to be Jake. fixed somehow. Jake, what about yourself? Uh, a Star is Born would make me happiest. It's your number one of the year. Yeah. Um, what would make me the least happy would probably be, God, either Green Book or Bohemian Rhapsody. Either of, the, either of those would just make me roll my eyes. Green Book because I feel like Oscars are taking a 30-year step back. Bohemian Rhapsody because it's just not that good. Right. Uh, did you guys hear about Bradley Cooper's favorite uh, pop song of all time? <laughs> Sean, have you heard about this? I haven't. Kevin, what is it? It's a star is Natalie Imbruglio's Torn. <laughs> Dear God. Remember that song by if Natalie Imbruglio? If you have to put the name of the person in it. <laughs> you don't remember the, uh, Natalie Imbruglio's song Torn? It's a great the song. Pun, the pun's officially too long. <laughs> I want to switch gears how away from married? Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> how, do, how does someone live with you? <laughs> <laughs> to uh, Glass, the highest grossing film of last year, uh, of last year. Of last weekend Calm, was pump the brakes, dude. M Night Shyamalan's <laughs> trilogy capping glass. Uh, a lot of people saw it. I think the initial reactions to it was that it's a dumpster fire. And then, as more people saw it, actually came to the Real Blend Twitter feed and said, "This isn't nearly yeah, as bad I'm as I thought." I'm actually finding more and more people stepping up and and dying on the hill that is glass. Yeah. So I want to uh, now put up a spoiler warning and let everybody know that if you haven't seen Glass. We are going to uh, talk in depth about things that we didn't like about <laughs> Glass, and we're not gonna we're not gonna get too in depth about it. We reviewed the movie in last week's podcast. You can go back and rewatch that one if you want to. This is more just to discuss, I think, because we weren't able to in the moment, um, why we think uh, the movie didn't work. Because all three of us basically agree with the fact that it didn't work. And um, the biggest question that I want to start with. Uh, for anybody who decides that that they think whatever M Night Shyamalan did was um, was good, uh, is if the point of the so we're into spoiled territory now. You can't yell at us anymore. If the point of Sarah Paulson's group was to identify people with superpowers and eliminate them, what the heck is the point of the institution at all? Like, why not just kill them the minute you interact with them? Why is she running? tests on them at all to make them believe they don't have powers when when they're just supposed to eliminate them can you guys answer that at all no no uh i 
genuinely don't. And I, I mean, my, was the point to then try to make us question as an audience whether or not they really had powers? Because yes, I, I which that made no sense to me because we have two movies that prove yes. that they do in fact have powers. And also, yeah. Bruce Willis has been fighting crime for the past for eighteen years, years or yes. nineteen years as this uh, you know guy in the hood, basically. And now all of a sudden, because one woman's talking to him in the hospital, he's supposed to believe that maybe she's right. Right. And that everything he's been doing this whole time. That'd be like someone like, trying to tell you that you're not handsome. You know better. I do know better. I will never believe that. When did the movie go off the rails for you guys? Whenever officially? they stepped outside the insane asylum. Yep. That was it? Yep. Yeah, that was it. Jake and I were sitting next to each other going, this is pretty good. It's actually pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I have another question. Yeah. How does Kevin not know who Mr. Glass is? If his dad was on the train and then the train derailed because, and then Mr. Glass was arrested oh. and institutionalized as the guy who derailed the train, that's national news. He would, Kevin, know, he would know who killed his father. He knows his dad was on that train. How often do we, do we meet Kevin though? But well, no, but he's, he's, yeah, Kevin was young enough to know that his father got on that train. They do yes. show that scene. And they show the scene. And How then, awful th- was that moment when they have to show you the briefcase to, to remind you, hey, this is the name you're looking yeah. for. But right, like, uh, wouldn't he know crumb, it's Mr. Mr. Crumb Glass on it really big? <laughs> yes, he would know who Mr. Glass is. Yes. Also, this is a nitpicky one, but when Bruce Willis comes into the house to fight those two guys who jumped the man on the street uh, to, for the point of the viral video. You know what scene yeah. I'm talking about? Yes. Those two guys sitting in the house. The, the oh, sound yeah. that tips them off to the fact that someone's in the house with them is Bruce Willis turning on water, right? Mm. Like they hear water go on in a sink. But water is his kryptonite. So why did Bruce Willis turn water on when he went into that? He needed to turn on Pitbull instead. That would have been a better choice. That's that's my kryptonite. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) So the culmination of M. Night's whole trilogy is to introduce a secret society that tracks down people with secret powers and um, prevents them from, from exposing the fact that they have secret powers. Right? Is that Mm -hmm. what I'm led to believe? And yet somehow uh, Elijah figures a way to circumvent her plan and get the footage out to everybody. Now, my big takeaway is this. So everybody sees the footage, right? And but, everyone but, instantly believes it. But but who? what would they care? It doesn't look like – it's not like mega superpowers. You don't see anyone fly. You don't see anyone rip a, a, a truck in half. It essentially looks like two big dudes fighting each other. And Kevin brought up the fact that, like, yes, one guy runs on all fours, so maybe that looks a little bit weird. But it's not like you saw people do, like, X-Men level type you know, stuff. Bending steel is pretty crazy. I mean, if I saw a video of a guy bending steel, I'd probably yeah, be like, Yeah, but is that enough to insane. make you stop and then question reality? What, I mean, let's be honest here. If we all got a video today of a guy yeah. bending a a pile, a, a huge thing of steel, you wouldn't no, be blown but, away but, by okay, that? But it shows what, what bending was, what, it with what, his what hands. The video actually went out. The video that I that, the that steel I was whenever he put that that steel bar and then he right? kind of bent it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah who can do that? Like, but would would you really see that and have it question your entire existence? I would not see that and oh, go superheroes well, exist. But the whole point of the movie is that guy's really freaking strong. That guy's really strong. Or I yeah. think the material of the of the bar yeah. that he's yeah, bending. Yeah, and then is it fake. makes me question. Okay, what is what this is, is he bending? There's too much skepticism when the world. But the, they're not the internet has created worldwide skepticism, or it should have anyway, with with videos. Not, I mean, they they had they showed people stopping in their tracks at the train station, and and their minds just being freaking blown by what they saw. Yeah, and and I just don't believe that that's what people's genuine reaction would be to those videos. 
But the point of the movie is that they're not superheroes. It's just extensions of human beings. But they're super. I mean, come on. No, that's, that's it, what it, they're the saying. whole point is that comic books, which I actually think is kind of brilliant, is that comic books are an extension of things that human beings can actually do. There's no laser eyes. There's no thing like that. But I, I, I just. But isn't that? But isn't that a, something that actually that, that Mr. Glass actually says that superheroes exist? Yeah, I, yeah. kind of. I, I, but I think the point was that it's not superhero like you would think. It's a superhero, uh, and that is an extension of human capabilities. That's also, what I gathered from it. The exposition I mean, in the third act is ooh. so the screenwriting is so bad. Everything that came out of Mrs. Glass, uh, Mr. Glass's mom. I don't even know if she has a name, and it it was just so cliched and horrible. How many like, times did they say limited edition? Oh my god, <laughs> it was so bad. I'm like, they may as well have just stopped and looked at the camera. Yeah, for everything that they said, as in like, right. do you get it? Do you get it? I'm it was like it was like listening to one of Kevin's puns, where they just just drive it in and yeah. look at you and go, "Do you get it?" Like for example, did you guys hear about James McAvoy's oh favorite, favorite was... movie of 2018? No, what what is it? James Mac, a beautiful boy. I'm going to argue, too, that the movie goes back and ruins um, two things about Unbreakable and Split. I I got tired of of James McAvoy switching personalities. Uh, Uh, I thought that was cool. And I love it. No, I love it. And I think he's great doing it. But the more he did it in Glass, the more I was like, okay. I, I've seen well, it. Well, like now. the novelty wore off. Like it's not. It's in not a, like the, the first time heartbeat. you see Split, and you're like, "Holy crap! I did not know that this actor was capable." Even going into it, I mean, yeah, he's arguably the best part of Glass, but he's doing something that we all already knew that he could do. Yes. I, I just here's the thing. I, I want to say uh, I didn't hate Glass. I think Glass is a very flawed film, a very disappointing movie um, that actually has great potential to it. I mean, there's an hour and fifteen minutes or so that's great that I loved a lot. Uh, what's frustrating about Glass is how it falls apart. Like, what right. the heck happened? Like, I mean, I, I just don't understand what happened. What happened to the writing? Well, Where, I don't think that after Unbreakable, which I know you watched recently. It's his best movie. That that is the, the continuation of the story that you wanted to see. Like, no. Them I kind of I, I choose to forget that Glass happened. Yeah, I'm cool right? with Unbreakable being its like, own I, thing. In my mind... Unbreakable is its own movie, well, splits its own movie, and then there's yeah. a film that I saw one time called Glass that I'm just not going to acknowledge for the If you had told me that at the end of Unbreakable, after these two guys have established themselves as, okay, you truly are a superpowered being, and you exist, which makes me a supervillain, and I, I'm identifying myself through your existence, that the continuation of that story, which to me was a great cliffhanger ending, is they go to an, uh, an insane asylum... <laughs> To be questioned by a woman who's part of a secret society who tries to expose superpowered beings, I'd be like, no, that's not where I want to And that he story dies to in a puddle, dude. He drowned. Dude, I think Bruce Willis spent about a week on set. Tops. Like, tops. And again, I wanted to. Oh, I did he, this did, up did too. he ever actually. Like, did he know that they were rolling at any point? Because I don't feel like he was ever actually <laughs> acting. I feel I like maybe he just to- thought they were in rehearsal. I want to mention how cheap the how cheap it looks. Like the the finale of that movie. First off, the entire everything's set in the institute. There's no other patients that you ever see. They can't even do like a, a they've group got session. two employees. They have two employees constantly who are the, like the one guy shows up and has a conversation with another employee, and then like he relieves the uh, the other guy. Oh god, and this then is the making conf- it worse. 
Then the confrontation, like they tease this thing of like the biggest skyscraper in Philadelphia history and this huge confrontation at it. But then they don't even do it. They have a face off in a parking lot outside of the Institute. And that building looked cool. It was like it was like waving itself. Did you see that? Like it was like it was like a really cool building. I'm going to see more of that building. Now I can afford it. But I will I'll, I'll say this like, you know, uh, oh, I want to give credit to is it Eric Eisenberg. He wrote a great article about this for Cinema Blend that I read uh, that broke down literally what we're talking Target. about. Like all these, mm-hmm. was it you wrote it or Eric? No, Eric did. Eric okay, did. it's on Cinema Blend. It, I was it, apologizing for my ice. Gabe oh. yells at me because I drink water and the ice makes a lot of noise and but, then he has to take it all out. But well, leave I'll, that I, in, Gabe, so people well, hear it. I'll, I'll say it again. I'll, <laughs> I'll just say like one thing I wanted to bring up is that I thought Eric yeah. Eisenberg wrote a great article about these questions that we're asking because it it really kind of like nails in exactly what we're talking about like w- the decisions that were made in the script uh the the point Sean was making about the 19 years of Bruce Willis knowing he has superpowers <laughs> or superhuman capabilities so um read Eric's uh uh article he's and he also have hosts Hero Blend so he does oh there you go look at that yeah. i love that plug uh we decided I'm sorry, last week if we could week- just go back to the ice for a second could you tell could you really dive into like what <laughs> what sort of shape is this ice what is the consistency I want to get to. Wait, uh, no, no, no. The, the, uh, you're, you're, that was Vice in your cup, not not Ice, correct? Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Best picture nominated Vice with best director Adam McKay. Uh, this week's blend game is hashtag Sam Jackson blend, which we decided to kind of play uh, based around the fact that he's in Glass and also the fact that we haven't done him yet, and he's been in a number of amazing roles. And I think the obvious choice is going to be one that probably most of us chose. But, we'll but see I'm where starting we to think it. that you didn't, because you're 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 you got a you got a twinkle in your eye, O'Connell. Ta-da! Song and dance. Uh, Kevin, I've been told you get to go first. I mean, it, it's it, there's really no buildup here. I, I'll just say it's Pulp Fiction. I mean, it's the obvious choice, in my opinion. I mean, I don't know. I everything about that movie, everything about that role is perfect. It's the best thing he's ever done. My favorite thing he's ever done. Um, I can point to. Four scenes to make my argument. I mean, Ezekiel twenty five seventeen, um, uh, that entire sequence, the Marvin in the car sequence, <laughs> uh, the cleaning of Marvin in the car sequence, um, the entire dialogue, the re the revisiting of Ezekiel twenty five seventeen in calmer form against Tim Roth, uh, where he the whole arc of his character comes out, which was brilliant. Um, the wallet, uh, uh, just the way he carries himself, the way he sips that Sprite in that cup. Was it? It, it's, it was Sprite, right? Yeah, just the sound <laughs> and the look on his face. I I have never seen a more appetizing hamburger in my life than Brett's burger. Big kahuna burger. Big, yeah. And, <laughs> like, it's little things about what he does. Like, I love when he looks over at the guy on the couch. Oh, my God. There's a shot in Pulp Fiction. yeah. But there's a shot in Pulp Fiction uh, in that sequence where someone says something. Uh, I don't know if it was. I don't know if it was to him. You know, and he goes, "Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? You know, oh, you were finished. And allow me to retort." But there's a line where he says, "I don't remember asking you a GD thing, right?" Yeah. And then they cut. But he to screams an, it. He right, screams it. And then it. they cut to another uh, character, and then they go back to his face, and he's still staring at the guy. Angrily, he hasn't moved in like thirty seconds. It's like the most. It's so brilliant. (laughs) And then that entire. Oh my god! And then there's a guy in that sequence. By the way, that whole sequence, Brett. uh, And then I love Vincent. Is it Brett or Brad? Is it Brett? That guy. 
Uh, it's Brett. B R E T T. I don't know why yeah. I it's Brad. Look at the big, brain, a on, big brain on Brad. On Brad. Yeah, yeah. I, oh, see, I actually I it was Brad. I think it was Brad for a long time in my mind too. Yeah. But the, but then the um that person does look like Jerry Seinfeld. Look like Jerry by the way. Seinfeld. Yeah. Isn't, you know, isn't the guy that, that comes out with a gun? Isn't that isn't that um Arquette? <laughs> isn't that isn't the actor? Uh, isn't the actor that's one of the Arquette's siblings? Really? Um, look that up. Oh, I, I, wait a second. I rewatched Pulp Fiction the other day, Sean, and I looked for that thing that you said. That Travolta goes past her. Yeah, Travolta goes past them. Yeah, he's on his way to the bathroom. I've seen that movie a billion times, and I've never seen it. In the opening, in the the opening diner, John Travolta passes the opening scene. I need to go back and watch that. In the t-shirt, you see him in the distance. I think I think the shot um, is on uh, is on her. And if you okay. look in the distance, right. he's at the far end of the restaurant looking for the bathroom. Yeah. You see the hair and the t-shirt. Something I know, always happens to him when he's in the bathroom. I know that yeah. movie. That's <laughs> yes. so crazy. And you know, you know what's even crazier about Pulp Fiction is like, well, first of all, there the shot choices. I know we're not doing Quentin Blend, but like there's like <laughs> that, that, that whole sequence when when Travolta and, uh, and, uh, and um, Jackson get to the door and they realize they're early and, and Quentin leaves the camera there as they walk down the hallway to talk far away from us and then they get into a whole i mean i don't think i've ever seen a film like make hitmen like relatable (laughs) like it was like an interesting way that's the beauty of it the fact that they have to say let's get back into character (laughs) says a lot about them as hitman but that whole the whole the whole hamburger sequence i mean everything about that's to me is the quintessential samuel jackson role no one has ever written a character for him in my opinion, that he has played that great. Like it was, it was, it was masterful what he did with that dialogue. I mean, you could argue that that role. Can I? Can I jump into mine? Yeah. Am I yeah. next? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, you can go next. Well, I mean, I chose. I also chose Jules from, yeah. from Pulp Fiction. Um, the the. I mean, you could argue that that character shaped how we perceive Samuel L. Jackson to be as yeah. a person, and, yeah. and therefore shaped. And he's not like that. His, he's <laughs> Which not. Is crazy. And therefore yeah. shaped. The roles that he maybe he chose as an actor. What I love about Jules as a character is I both feel like I know him and feel like I don't. Yeah, there are a lot of things that because you know it's a supporting character. He he received a supporting actor nomination um, and lost to Martin Landau, I think, for Ed Wood. Ugh, that's um, such a crime. I, I, and Martin I Landau, I, 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 very he's good great in that movie. movie. Um, he is very good. Uh, but I mean, there there are flashes of who he is because of especially after what happens with him not getting shot. And then him sort of sort of buying into uh, you know the, the the Bible quote after not buying into it for so many years, but I mean we don't really know who he was before all of this, and we don't really know what happens to him after, other than the fact that he's not a part of uh, he's not there with Travolta when they start looking for Bruce Willis. All we know is that he does actually in fact leave, um, like Kane in Kung Fu. Um, so I, I like that it's this character that I feel like I really really know, but then I actually really do- he 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 adds all these layers to it. While really not being in the movie that much, if you really think about it, I mean he's the, he's this, arguably the co-star of one of the parts, but I, I don't know he's not in it a ton if you really think about it. But Jake, that, to your point, to well, what Jake, that, to what Jake yeah, just said though, and I, I'm not trying to interrupt, but uh, I, I want to help mold Jake's point even more. There's even that sequence in the with Brett with the hamburger where he goes, I, you know, I I don't eat much meat because my my girlfriend's a vegetarian. Yeah. Which like, pretty much makes me a vegetarian, right? But then again, is like is that, that true? Is, that was like the beauty. The beauty of yeah. that is that ever since he played, he showed his hand and said that you know that whole Ezekiel thing is just this thing that he says, right? You don't really know 
what he's and the, you know like the fact that they had to get back into character right shows that you don't re- when he's there with those guys you don't really know how much of that is a part that he's trying to play you know so why I, say that I, line then why even inter- mention your girlfriend when we introduce when we're introduced to him he's just talking to his buddy about burgers in Europe <laughs> you don't think that he's this this stone cold killer that's going to go and blast these kids away but he snaps into this character that he has to play at from, from from the moment he walks through that door I don't know what to believe he says and what he doesn't. Here's where I get to go. So oh, good. what? Just Sean, just tell me why you're wrong. Here's where I get to tell you the guys that I don't really like Pulp Fiction all that. No, I'm, I'm no, my, there was a, my stomach is about to drop because of what the wrath that you were about to receive from Kevin McCarthy. I almost just said I quit. Like I literally, I, I was actually going to say what Jake but, said. But I will argue that I, the reason I didn't choose Pulp Fiction is because you're wrong. Is because he's not in it. He's, it's not a Sam Jackson movie. It's not Sam Jackson's movie. Oh, right? I, I I think he's the. Or star are we doing of movie, movie? Or are we doing role? Yeah. Well, but he, but even role, even role. I'm gonna say that once I tell you what my choice is, it'll, it'll you'll understand that I, I'm pairing movie and role together because there's a lot of Pulp Fiction that has nothing to do with Sam Jackson. There's all of Travolta and Uma Thurman. There's all of Bruce Willis and The Gimp. There's a ton of that movie. That isn't Jules. And so when Jules is on, he's fantastic, but he's not in it a lot. You know, he's in it enough, believe me. And he owns every scene that he's in. Well, and let me to ask me, you, before you get to your pick, Sean. Yeah. If we did Anthony Hopkins blend, would right. you then Ooh, not choose Silence of the Lambs? Because he's only in no, it for I 16 wouldn't. minutes? No, I wouldn't choose Silence of the Lambs. Because he's How only in it for 16 not minutes? Silence of the Lambs. Like, I'd have to look over his filmography. But I would argue that it's not necessarily an Anthony Hopkins movie. Oh my god! Okay, I'm sorry. I can't. I can't. I can't buy into that logic. He Why? is because he's the star of the movie. Because he's not in it. Because the screen time isn't uh, equated out to it's what the Buffalo need. Bob movie. It's not the Buffalo Bill. Movie, <laughs> okay, so when we do <laughs> Ted Buffalo Levine Bill. blend, <laughs> you can choose Silence of the yeah. Lambs. Um, my choice, uh, for my fit, for my favorite, again, we're not arguing best. We're arguing my favorite Sam Jackson movie and performance coincidentally. And again, I tweeted this. Can we guess? When I landed on it. Yes. When I landed on it, I was legitimately surprised that I actually do believe this 110%. I, I think you chose Django. Oh God, no, I don't like Django. I know. No. That's why, that's why I was, th- I thought that was the poison. No, like, it no, 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 no. You don't All right, like, I, I also, he's amazing in Django. I didn't choose Django. Don't you give me no. the rap. Gabe, he's, I pandering. he's such a pandering offensive character in Django. You Kevin, like, you got to guess. You don't like Django? No, I think Paul, I Sean, think Tarantino Tarantino topped out at Pulp Fiction. He's been chasing Pulp Fiction ever since. Oh my god. Have you seen The Glorious Bastards? What are you talking about, Sean? All right, the all point right. being, guess. Mm-hmm. All right, guess. Um Wow. <laughs> I, have, I don't even I mean, at this point it's probably stinks on a plane. I, I, I have no idea. I mean, I'm My cho- to, my choice is unbreakable. I think Unbreakable is Sam Jackson's best performance and film because he's integral to the film. It's a it is a brilliant deconstruction of comic books um, and the and the impact that heroes have on society. It's a, it's a slow burning development of this man who doesn't believe he has powers. Now, now strip away split and glass. Just think Unbreakable. Right. It's this guy who survived something spectacular um, and has had a couple of really crazy things happen over the course of his life, but he just chalks it up to these are unusual events. But over the course of it, because of the implementation of what Elijah says to him, he believes he might be a superhero. And the scene where his kid is loading on the weights and he's bench pressing is such a genius 
origin story scene where Bruce Willis says to him, how much, how much is that? And his kid says all of it. And you just get goosebumps because you realize, oh my God, Elijah's right. This guy's a superhero, right? And then you learn Elijah's story and Sam Jackson sells it. He sells. He's like, if I'm this person and, and in my mind, I shouldn't exist. I have to exist for a reason. And the reason is you. And it's a great performance. It's tremendous. It's a great origin story for the hero and the villain. I might argue. I mean, I'm not going to knock you for that. I mean, that's, I mean, that's, if, that's a great, if, that's, I would probably put that in my top three yeah. of his performances. I jokingly give Sean a lot of uh, mess because uh, we disagree on things and I do it in a very loving way because I love Sean from my best friends. Um, that's actually a great choice. Yeah. So I, I, got nothing, I, got, I got nothing negative to say about that one. I'm sorry. And I love when you guys always want to I jump like, down my throat. Like, like, like our claws came out and they slowly yeah. started and now I'm like, back. And, and it happens often. You guys always want to rip me apart. And then I give my choice and you guys and are like, And then you say oh. something about like not liking oh. Mad Max. And yeah. you make it so easy. And then you say Toy Story 2 is the best sequel of all time. Sean, uh, you cannot say you those things. You what you sow, yeah. Connor. <laughs> that, that's listen, why we treat I, you this way. I'll even say this. A lot of people said Jurassic Park, and I don't. I would never choose Jurassic Park because to me that's not a Sam Jackson movie. But but by your guys' logic, it's a it's an amazing movie that Sam Jackson happens to be in. His, so is it a Sam but, Jackson movie? Okay, I ask you this question: What is his character's name? No idea. I have no idea. I know what Hannibal Lecter's name is, man. Okay, fine. Hannibal Lecter, fine. I, I mean, I get that point. That's fine. Wait, Sean, you actually don't think Silence of the Lambs is an Anthony Hopkins movie? You really think I'm, that? Come I don't on. know. I'd have to think that over. Come on. I mean, it's 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 truly a Jodie Foster movie. Like you you can't argue that it's not the the movie is her character. I mean, it, it is. You're right. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's an. It's like is, is Star Wars a Chewbacca movie? <laughs> no. <laughs> that was horrible. <laughs> that was pretty good. Was All right, audience picks. Audience picks. Kalina. Michael Kamen's Robert Shivery and many, many others went with Pulp Fiction, obviously. I want to hold this one because this one's a ton of fun. Seber uh, Joburg said Kingsman. Kingsman's a good choice. I wouldn't have gone with it, but he's really fun in And Kingsman. he brought back the hamburgers for that I one. Can't, I, was I, can't, excited I can't do the list. <laughs> hamburgers. I, I couldn't do the and list. Ar- Arthur Mingo uh, said Django. He's but our good Django. friend Carrie Ellen Case said Star Wars Episode 2, Attack of the Clones, which is, this is an inarguable statement. That is the worst Star Wars movie <laughs> ever accurate. made. That is 100% Ever that's, made. It's not even an opinion. That's no, a, that's a fact. That is a fact. <laughs> that's fact. Yes. That is actually a fact. That is written in a, in a tome somewhere. <laughs> Chiseled into rock. It's in yes. the Constitution. In it's, fact, <laughs> it's such a fact that every other Star Wars movie that comes out, no matter how bad they are, they will never go be as above bad as that. It. Like the, <laughs> the, the quote on the solo DVD is yes. not episode two. <laughs> Hey, we're better than episode two. <laughs> you open up some Blu-rays, Ron Howard going, we're better than episode two. Enjoy. And we all have to agree. So carry on in case I cannot understand at all how you defend Attack of the Clones. But hey. But is she you. picking Mace Windu or is she picking Attack of the Clones? No, she specifically is saying Attack of the Clones. Most underrated Sam Jackson movie? Long Kiss Goodnight. Okay. Yeah, that's a great one. Love Long Kiss I like, um, you know what movie I like? I like, uh, and it's a Chicago movie, actually, uh, The Negotiator. Oh, that's another uh, good one. I like Black Snake Moon. With He Who Shall Not Be Named. 
Yeah. Um, and someone else put up uh, his cameo, obviously, in Coming to America, which is a lot of fun. And yeah. very, not, very not safe King for work. And- a good choice. But I will say, Pulp Fiction was the obvious one for all of us to go to. Unbreakable, you made a very good argument about Unbreakable. I think Unbreakable, what you said about the character and the, and the importance of the character. Yeah. Um, it's funny because I, I was watching Unbreakable the other day. I think that might be Bruce Willis's best performance, like emotionally. It's very like, possible. I, I mean, the guy has made some great action movies, and Die Hard's great. But like emotionally, I don't think I've ever seen Bruce Willis have that kind of range. Like that no, he did. I, in I Unbreakable. think I might like him more in more in Sixth Sense. He's well, in Sixth Sense, but, but Shyamalan yeah. gets good stuff out of Bruce Willis. Agreed. Yeah. Do you know what? I, I almost, I do put Sixth Sense above Unbreakable in I terms do. of favorite Shyamalan movies, yeah, but Unbreak- they're, they're like but one. I just, I, I feel I bad for Sixth Sense because all anyone ever talks about is the, ending. the ending. But you take right. away that ending, and that is a beautiful, heartbreaking movie about yeah, this really kid is. that doesn't belong and, yep. and, and a man who's trying to mend his own life by helping mend the life of this child. I mean, like, it, it, unfortunately, it gets too wrapped up in the ending these days, but, yep. but the movie itself. It's yeah. a be- I mean, he got a, a directing nomination for that movie. It's yeah. a beautifully made film. The Tony yes. Collette car sequence. Yeah. Oh my god. Is incredible. And Jake, you're so right, man. Like every that is literally the first thing I think about when I think about that movie is the ending. Yeah. Um, which I kind of want to revisit it now. Yeah. And honestly, like same thing years. with Signs. Like everyone, whenever I say how much, whenever I tell people how much I love Signs, they go, "Oh, but the ending with the water is stupid." Okay, forget the last five minutes. That is a, a, an amazing character study of a guy who lost his faith, yeah. and something around the world is happening that's making him question just what it means to have faith. Like it's it's it, you know it's, it's, a, it's amazing incredible film. about Sixth Sense. Also, it's it's the simplest practical effects. It's yeah. like, you know, in the, the scene in the kitchen where oh, Tony Collette God. turns her back yeah. and then she yeah. turns around and, and everything's open they, and all Kevin, the drawers open. Do you know how they did that? No. I would love, well, actually, I take it back. I don't want to know how they did that. Or just <laughs> when they say, <laughs> oh, when she's like, for a second there, buddy. something must have happened up ahead and he's like, uh, a, a woman got hit by a car yeah. and then they cut back to Tony Collette and the woman's like looking in the window. Oh yeah. my just, God. It's yeah. simple things. Yeah. But once they happen, they get under your skin yeah. and you're just like, oh my gosh. I will yeah. say something. I rewatched Signs over the weekend. Not as good as I remembered. Really? How are your weekends like a hundred hours long? <laughs> I so, so, uh, so I was doing an M Night Shyamalan rewatch. Well, let me ask you guys this question, honestly. When was the last time each of you fully watched Signs in theaters? It's, in theaters when it came out? It's been. It's probably been ten years. Revisit it. Yeah, it doesn't it's hold up. Slow, right? It's intrigue. What Jake said is why the movie works. Is the arc? But you know what scene in that movie? I, I get shivers thinking about it. I, I don't even know how you write something like this. His wife oh, against God. that tree. And honestly, and that's those are the scenes oh, I think of. That's the scene that, that, that's that's what convinces me that it's Ooh. good. But you're saying that it's doesn't and even hold even because Shyamalan. Correct me if I'm wrong. Shyamalan is the guy that kills her, right? Yeah, and he's and like, like that's that scene where I honestly much. remember liking that scene where, and I normally don't like Shyamalan in his movies, but I remember liking that. Oh, he's great. He goes in, in the car, sitting in the car. Yeah. Great scene. That scene actually. See, my like, dad. My dad was sitting next to me. He goes, "That's a really great scene." Yeah. Mm. There, there. Signs has great scenes. Yeah, and Joaquin uh, Phoenix is great in that movie. He's very good in it. It, it. it just didn't. Like Unbreakable gets better with age. I think Signs is a little bit reversed. Interesting. Interesting. But rewatch yeah. it. I'm curious if you guys feel as strong as you did the first time you saw it because I loved it the first time I saw it. 
Um, I think I might like the village more than signs, to be honest. I think mean, the village I is great. The village. Well, once again, yeah. okay, you know what? To your point, I think the village is really good. I knocked the village because of the ending, because I hate the ending so much. But up to the ending, it is a beautifully made film. That James Newton Howard score is oh. gorgeous, and it's mm-hmm. beautifully shot. You're okay. All right. I, I'm, and I'm, Bryce Dallas Howard is really good in it, yeah. and Joaquin Phoenix is really good yeah. in it. Can we They're talk about how really cool good. it was? To, like Jake and I were sitting next to each other drinking glass. I don't was, hate the ending. Which, what, which movie? Village. I don't hate the ending. I love the, the the ending for Village blew my mind. No, but yeah. my problem is it, it oh. makes it 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 gives the film no point. What do you there's mean, no there's no there's no point to the film now. We're we're just living with these people. They don't know it. Like we're, we we are them. But like, the, the whole plot of the film is removed once you know that it's all fake. But 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 they're still living it's, their it's, lives. It's the equivalent of it's all a dream. No, but they're still living their lives in the village. Well, my, my no, point but being, like the film, the film stops when the film, like the film stops and starts in a two-hour span. The point of the two hours is that these people are kept within this village because there are monsters all around them, and they figure it out. Yeah, but the townspeople are lying to them because they just want them to be in the village. The townspeople want them to exist in the village. They right. make up the rumor about the monsters to keep them all there. What? That, no, that myth is still. Yes, no. the townspeople, Sigourney the Weaver, William no, thought- Hurt, and all those guys. Well, yeah, they, I, don't, I, don't consider, I consider the people like in the in the in the real world outside the village to be yeah. the townspeople. Okay, so so the the elders, as it were, yeah. are the people that yeah they're, they're yeah, but like okay, Who's so what you what you, 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 you figure out the, the movies like there's no rewatchability to that. You're thinking about dude, where's my car? <laughs> Where the two guys can't find their car? <laughs> I'm confused. J- Jake's What's big, the difference? Uh, Jake's a big Ashton Kutcher fan. <laughs> And yeah. Sean William Scott. We all love Stifler, right? Actually, on, I actually do like Sean William Scott. <laughs> all right, listen. Next week, we're going to stay. The rundown's awesome. Is it the rundown? The rundown's amazing. Yeah. But he, Stifler is one of my favorite characters of all time. Like that first Gabe, American Pie. we got pie. so close to wrapping up, man. <laughs> you know let's keep going. Let's do, let's do, let's do, uh, let's do Gabe Blend. Can we do our, our favorite <laughs> Gabe rap? Our, our next favorite. week. <laughs> next week, we're going to um, stay a little bit in the Oscar realm. And we're going to do hashtag Amy Adams blend, which which might lead to some very interesting conversations. Okay, so are we doing our favorite Amy Adams, our favorite film that Amy Adams is in? Or are we doing our favorite Amy Adams performance? I combo it. For her, it it could be two completely different. You're literally doing whichever one you want to do. Jagid literally just says, it's whatever speaks most to you. So if there's a performance of hers that you think is your favorite and you want to highlight it, choose that. If there's a movie that she happens to be in, please, God Almighty, do not choose Man of Steel or I will burn <laughs> this <laughs> podcast well, to the ground. Well, then I can't be on the show next week because the that's audience my is The audience is not ready for us to have our Man of Steel discussion. Oh, they are. Yes. They are ready because it's Emotionally, amazing. Emotionally, we're not ready. I'm going to show you the light, Sean. Our Man of Steel discussion yet. Listeners can follow us, of course, on social media at Real Blend. Hey, Jake. Uh, there's a very active community over there. Did you hear about so Sean's please. favorite George Romero film? Head over there and follow us. It's Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead. Uh, <laughs> of the Dead. But actually, that doesn't work. Because you can say that. You can say that's a real movie. The right film. Movie. Uh, head over to iTunes and please leave us a review. Uh, we will read it on the show. Please tell a friend about uh, the show. Let people know if you think that this is something that they will enjoy, that they should also be listening to Real Blend. Hey, Jake. Just don't start at episode one. Because episode one is not a good representation. Jake, did you hear about Sean's uh, favorite actor from Deadpool? Wait. Wait, I actually don't know where I'm going with that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> to be fair, that was better than all the other ones you've done. On I show. was I was stuck on dead. So I was gonna say Sean <laughs> in the Ed screen, but, 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 but it makes sense because your name doesn't end with dead. So we'll be back next week. Thanks for everyone for tuning in. We really appreciate Solo it. Solo name scene. Dunkirk. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.